Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Haley. And I'm Andrea. And this is Inhuman, a true crime podcast. Listener Stories, Volume 5. We love listener <laughs> stories so much. Yes, um, we do. If you didn't know. And I know that it's not everybody's cup of tea, but they're really fun. And we love getting to know you guys a little bit better. Um, and we are also both so overwhelmed right now with everything going on in our lives. So breaking our episodes up a little bit with listener stories helps us out. So yeah. we appreciate your guys' support on all of our episodes. Absolutely. And also, be sure to tune in for Monday's episode because we have a very exciting announcement that we will reveal on Monday. We might reveal it on our Instagram before then, so make sure you're following us on Instagram, but we will reveal it on the podcast on Monday. Okay, let's just dive right in. So this first story is from Amber. My name is Amber. Feel free to use my name. Thank you, Amber. Hello. (laughs) I want to start off by saying y'all are hilarious and I absolutely love listening to you. I work at FedEx, so my days are spent in a vehicle, so you girls fill my days with murder, mystery, and spooky stories that keep me from running my truck into a tree from boredom. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we can keep you entertained. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) My customers probably think I'm psychotic, but I digress. (laughs) Honestly, everybody in my life thinks I'm psychotic because of how much I listen to true crime, so I understand that. Same. On to my stories. So I live in a small town in Mississippi, Boonville to be exact. Is that how you say it? Boonville? I think so. I'm assuming. Yeah, Boonville. Sound, looks like Boonville. You know better than me because you're more Southern than I am. Yeah, but. Boonville. Yeah. <laughs> and there isn't much for teenagers or young adults to do. So when I was a teen, we would ride what we called the Strip, which was literally about a five block radius from the park to Fred's dollar store and back over and over again, which <laughs> could get boring really fast. So me and a few of my friends decided to head out to a place near a beach near us, which wasn't really, which really, which really isn't a beach at all, but a man dug lake (laughs) called Mackey's Creek Cemetery. Mackey, that's my dog's name. That's so cool. That's why I I picked this one for you. I just like skimmed through and I was like, Mackie, this one's going to Haley. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, Yeah, my dog's name is Mackie, and he's actually named after the basketball arena at Purdue, where I graduated from. So (laughs) that's cool to see another Mackie. (laughs) Okay, so Mandug Lake called Mackie's Creek Cemetery, which is apparently very haunted. Oh, gosh, I don't like haunted stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So we all head out there in one vehicle, about six of us in my tiny Malibu. So when you pull into this old cemetery, it's down an old dirt road, only big enough for one car. There are spider webs across the entire path, and your girl is deathly afraid of spiders. So, of course, I'm already ready to nope the hell out of there. (laughs) Same girl. (laughs) Yeah, that would be me. Speaking of which, Andrea had to pull a spider off of her child today. I did. And informed me and my other friend, our other friends about it. So that was fun. Yep. I squeezed it in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (sighs) Okay. When you can hear a spider roll across the top of your car, there is no Uh reason for me to be there. (laughs) So we get to the actual cemetery. Nothing major happens. A few strange noises, but it is an ancient cemetery. So like all stupid teenagers, we decided to go back again, but this time during the day. Okay. I like that better. Yeah. (laughs) 
So we get there. We are walking around checking out the old tombstones, which most date back to the Civil War. That's how old that this place is. There used to be a house down there, so we decide to walk down the old drive to the water. When we were walking, we noticed some old birdhouses on the trees lining the driveway, but they were all on our right side. After a few minutes of wandering around, we decided to head back toward the cemetery. And my now husband says, weren't those on the other side? I look up and all the birdhouses are on our right side again, not to the left where they should have been. What? Oh, that's creepy. But we dismiss it because, again, we're dumbass teenagers. (laughs) So we go back again a few nights later with a different friend. It's probably around 5 a.m. The sun is starting to come up and we are heading up the old road to the cemetery when a cloaked little figure jumps from about 25 feet up in a tree down onto the hood of dude's truck. What? Oh, my God. A little cloaked figure? (laughs) That's... Like a gnome? Very creepy. (laughs) That's what I'm picturing. Like a creepy little gnome. Oh, no, that gave me chills. (laughs) We noped the hell out of there so fast and swore to never return. I don't have to tell you how stupid we were and that we actually (laughs) went back again. My friend was in a band and wanted me to take some photos for the band. And what better place to take photos for a rock band than a cemetery? I mean, yeah. So I agree. I agree. And it's dark pitch black there because there are no street lights we get out there set up and start taking photos i had the lead singer who was my friend sit on one of the old tombstones and wrap the microphone cord around him and start snapping photos and in the lcd screen i saw a snake crawling up his leg at the same time he hears someone in his ear telling him to get out oh Mm -mm. Needless to say, we left and have never gone back. We finally learned our lesson. (laughs) And just a trigger warning. I'm inserting a little trigger warning here. Uh, This next part of the story does mention suicide. A few weeks after I learned that one of my friends I had known my whole life went there and committed suicide. Wow. He laid down in the water and the dam sucked him under. (gasps) I attached some photos of the cemetery itself. Thank you for reading this if you do. I have more spooky stories for another time. Thanks for making my days better and always keep it human. Oh my gosh, Amber. Okay, first of all, the snake. I'm more scared of the snake than I am of a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, really creepy. And that he heard a voice telling him get out as the snake was, as you saw the snake crawl up him. Yeah. Oh, and also I'm so sorry about your friend. That's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Hopefully he's with all the spooky figures now and, and living it up in the afterlife. That's such a, like, a crazy way to go. <clears throat> like, do they know for sure that's what happened? Like, it was that? Yeah. It's like the dam point. sucking you under? Like, that's that's terrifying. That's really scary. Well, I'm glad that you finally learned your lesson and didn't go back. But thank <laughs> you for going in the first place so that we could have this really creepy story. Thank you. Yeah. Amber. Ew, they're doing it. Oh, my God. I'm so done with these. You can cut this out. But they are literally attached, and I'm going to kill them. <laughs> I'm not going to cut this out because (laughs) if you guys heard, like, have been listening from the beginning, you know about the gnats in Andrea's recording room. Mm -hmm. Um, They're back. They're back. And they're doing it again. It's obviously different gnats, but (laughs) I can't make this shit up. (laughs) Anyway, they're gone. They're doing it on the blinds. So we'll proceed. Okay. So this next one is actually from Haley. 
Woohoo, I like your name. <laughs> um, it says, hey, so I'm not sure if you guys are still doing these. We are. I'm on episode 50 of your podcast, but I thought I would give it a try. I've been obsessed with ghost adventures for many years. Same. Even in 2021, I went to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum in Vegas. Wow. That's a true fan, which was so insanely crazy. And I love the museum. 10 out of 10 recommend if you go to Vegas. All right. I'll put that on my bucket list. Me too. I'm not a huge fan of Vegas, but now I want to go so that I can just go to that museum. He's got a lot of, so off topic tangent, he has like a lot of like notable, like, um, haunted things yeah, in his museum like that he's like purchased. Yeah. So there's yeah. like a ton of stuff in there. So that would be really cool to experience. Okay. So in 2016, I spent my birthday weekend sleeping at the Lizzie Borden house. Ooh, oh my gosh. I want to go there too. We did the night tour and I was so creeped out because I was going to be sleeping in Lizzie's <sighs> bed. So I was scared. LOL. I was 15 at this time. During the tour, the tour guide used one of the tools, like the second take rods that you cross. You know what I mean? First, the tour guide asked, Lizzie, are you in your room right now? The rods opened, meaning no. And then she asked, Lizzie, will you show yourself tonight in your bedroom? (laughs) And the rods crossed, which I guess means yes. Everyone in the room started laughing, and me and my mom laughed with concern. During the night, me and my mom were wandering around the house with the people who were with us in the in the room next to us near the bathroom. I believe John Morse's room? Her uncle. Okay, her uncle. We went to the basement and were looking around and using the EVP and ghost tools that we were able to use. When we got back to our room, we went to bed. So I just didn't want to sleep. Don't blame you. But my mom was tired, so I was awake and had the blanket covered over my head the whole time, sweating really bad. Around 3-ish in the morning, I lifted the blanket out from in front of my face, and someone was in our room. Mm. I woke I woke my mom up, and she saw it too. Mm-mm. In the corner of the room, there was a human shape, and it was the scariest thing ever. Oh my god. She was all black with a dress on, but everything was black. Me and my mom didn't scream. We talked softly to each other. My mom ran and turned on the lights, and she was gone. Needless to say, we didn't get any sleep. Don't blame you. (laughs) We told our story in the morning at breakfast to the rest of the guests, and they all didn't hear anything but children giggling in the attic. Oh, Lord, that's creepy, too. Hope you enjoyed. (laughs) I would have literally picked up my suitcase walked out of that room and walked out of that (laughs) damn house and never looked back that is so (laughs) creepy that is really creepy wow she said she'd show herself and she did yeah exactly oh my gosh well thank you Haley. that's really creepy and it sounds like you really like creepy stuff though so keep doing you and send us more stories (laughs) yeah okay the next one is from morgan Hi, guys. I love your podcast and have been meaning to send you my story for a while. A while. You may want to insert a trigger warning, but that is totally up to you. Okay. Inserting a trigger warning. Right. In the spring of 2016, I moved to a small town to be with my now husband. When I say small town, I mean no police department, quiet, and just a gas station down the road a few miles. The closest wow. Walmart is 30 minutes away. Dang. We eventually made friends with the neighbors and... 
being such a small town, my husband pretty much knew everyone as he grew up just a town over. The neighbor across the street was named Chris. I never knew his last name. He didn't have a job. He was in his late 50s, early 60s, liked alcohol, and he didn't own a car. So I guessed maybe those were red flags. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe. But I also I feel like in a small town, like there's a lot of different characters. So yeah, you know, I probably wouldn't have thought much of it. Chris kept a nice house, had a beautiful garden, and would have someone take him to town once a week, about 15 miles away. He always told us he was in the military and had a bad accident that left him disabled, and that was the reason he could not drive. The house he lived in was actually his ex-wife's house. We later learned, and she just let him live there. She was even one of the people who would take him to town once a week. Chris would throw a huge party for himself for his birthday every year and invited what seemed like the whole town. Okay, I love that. Chris is like... (laughs) That's like goals. Yeah. At least so far. I don't know. He might turn into someone you don't want to associate with. No goals. Yeah. Yeah. But like as far as like throwing yourself a huge birthday party, I'm here for that. Yeah. For sure. He would cook this extravagant food spread and would cook for days. In the summer of 2016, we decided to get our first puppy. Chris loved our new puppy and would cross the street every day to play ball with him and feed him treats. That winter, we went to Florida for a week, and Chris agreed to take our puppy while we were away. We gave Chris a key to our house in case he needed extra dog food, treats, toys, etc. When we returned, everything was great. My husband told Chris, just keep the key in case we can't get home from work someday and our puppy needs to be let out. Chris agreed. Fast forward to the winter of 2018-2019, and we now had two dogs. We figured it would be easier to just have someone stay at our house with the dogs while we went on vacation instead of trying to bring them over to Chris's. We hired a high school girl to stay at our house and take care of the pups. The night we left, we received multiple voicemails from Chris, who was most definitely drunk, telling us not to call the police, but a woman he had over was bleeding in the ditch across from our house. What? He had forgotten we were on vacation. Okay, don't call the police, but somebody's bleeding in a ditch. Okay. Right. It's fine. What the hell? Come to find out, Chris had gone across the street and had begged the girl staying at our house to let him in and even threatened that he had a key and could get in. The girl had to call her mom and thankfully they knew an off-duty police officer that lived right down the road from us and was able to come and get Chris off our porch. Oh my gosh. From what I understand, the woman in the ditch was okay, but drunk. This is when Chris started to look suspicious. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, Chris, what the hell? In 2019, investigators reopened a couple cold cases in Massachusetts, and with genetic testing, they (gasps) matched Chris to a handful of rapes back in the 90s. No. Oh, my God. Don't be like Chris. (laughs) Don't be like Chris. We take it back. (laughs) The FBI came to our small town, acquired Chris's vape pen, and the DNA matched. Finally, these women got justice after all these years. Chris was living under a fake name in our small town for years. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. Like, not just did this match, but he was literally living under a fake name. And he thought he could get away with it because it was like this little small town. Right. Oh, my gosh. I still have so many questions, and it honestly makes me sick. He had a key to our house and could have easily gotten in and had clear vision as to when my husband was home and when he wasn't. Oh, my goodness. I have attached some articles about Chris and his sentencing. I know know you girls love a good DNA match, and I'm just so happy these women got the justice they deserved. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work, Morgan. Wow. And yes, we love 
cold cases that are solved with DNA. That is like chef's kiss, the best thing ever. So I love that story. I'm glad that you were safe Safe. and never tried to get into your house or anything. But holy shit, that's wild. That is. That's so scary because like I just goes to show you how people can be tricky and like you don't really, you really don't know anybody. Yeah, you don't. Oh, that's really creepy. And like your neighbors, you're like, yeah, neighbor, small town, haven't had any issues. I'm gonna yeah. key to my house. Like, come watch my totally dog. Normal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ugh. Ugh. Wow. Fuck, Chris. Okay. This next one is going to be from Danny. She says, firstly, I just want to say I found your podcast and listened to all the episodes within two weeks. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I think you guys are doing an amazing job and improving so quickly. I think you're too hard on yourselves about your audio, (laughs) as I think it sounds good. I know you'll do great things in the future. Danny, that's so sweet. Which leads me into my story. I apologize if this isn't very interesting to some as it's not creepy or crime related, but I get the feeling it's still a story theme that interests you both. Since I was very little, I've had what my mother called my other sense. Ooh. I was lucky to grow up with a mom who believed in that aspect of life, and I never felt weird about the things I thought or had seen. It just became a part of who I was. My other sense started out by me finding money on a regular basis. <laughs> That's a good little thing to have. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just on the ground constantly. I It... <clears throat> It always baffled my mom how I'd find it. I wish that stayed with me, but sadly it didn't. It progressed when my grandpa died. I saw his face in the clouds. It never scared me. It just made me smile. Then when I was a teenager, my grandma passed and I felt it happen. The phone rang, waking me up. It was my mom telling me she had passed, but I already knew. I had seen it happen in my dream and had said goodbye to her. Oh, wow. Then, when a close friend died in a plane crash the night of her funeral, I woke up like a cartoon just straight out of the bed, sitting up so quickly, and there she was, sitting on the corner of my bed. She had the most beautiful long hair. It's like a very faint projected image that fades as quickly as it appears. I started to get a little scared with all that I could see over time, and with research decided to say out loud, I'm sorry, I can't see you anymore. I'm not strong enough. I haven't seen any more since, which I still don't know if it was the right decision, but I was young and couldn't deal with it at the time. While that part of my other sense went away, I still throughout my life experienced deja vu very intensely all the time and get this feeling of, I just know. I wish I could wow. control it to win the lottery or something <laughs> fun, <laughs> but it doesn't work like that for me. Yep, that's the way it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> My boyfriend has grown accustomed to it and will get off the phone sometimes and say, guess what this person did? And then say, how long have you known about it That weird in that weird head of yours? <laughs> he knows I've often gotten the feeling of things before they've happened. Once while on vacation, I suddenly couldn't stop crying. I just kept telling my telling my boyfriend, I need to, to go home. I need my sister. My sister needs me. Ooh, I just got goosebumps. Wow. He got me calm and I called her and everything was okay when we spoke. But when I got back home to see her, she told me when I had called that she was at that moment having her ninth miscarriage. 
Wow, you knew. But refused to tell me to not ruin my vacation. I was so sad for her, but at least I knew why I had the breakdown. My sister now has two beautiful kids. Then there was a time I woke up in a cold sweat and I heard a voice saying, you didn't lock the door. I ignored it and it got louder. So I got up and sure enough, the kitchen door was unlocked. Wow. Oh my gosh. I locked it and went back to bed. That morning when I woke up, I went to the kitchen and noticed fresh footprints on our deck (gasps) leading up to the back door. I had gotten up that night to lock. Oh my God. I knew they were fresh as it had snowed that evening. In an eerie feeling trying to rationalize the voice I'd heard that night, I just get this feeling on certain things and can't explain that I know it's true or will be true. It's so odd to have a feeling of stone cold certainty. That feeling doesn't come to me on a constant basis, but when it does, it's so hard to explain. I could list hundreds of examples, but I've rambled on long enough. So, with all that being said, I'm just saying your podcast will do great things. I just know it. Oh, thank you, Danny. Oh my gosh. Holy shit, that's really creepy. I've had experiences like that before, where like I have felt something and then something has happened. I oh, Obviously, goodness. yours are way more in tune than, than mine ever have been, but I think it's like... Wow empathy a little bit and just a gift just a gift honestly wow danny that was amazing and you're right i did want to know that even though it wasn't like creepy or crime related that's really interesting it's right up our alley yeah all right next story is from cat a cat said my family has always been super welcoming we have had friends who are in a hard situation live with us multiple times Once we had a friend of ours who was hanging out with a bad group five minutes or so from the house. She called us and asked if we could pick her up because she was scared and wanted to get out of there. I could drive at the time, but my dad offered to come with us and pick her up to be safe. When we brought her to our house, she explained that one of the guys there, who we will call Kevin, had been very sexual with her and was trying to get her to perform sexual activities even though they were out with a bunch of other people. Ew. She didn't even want to do anything with him or wasn't being flirty or anything. First of all, you don't have to. It doesn't matter if you're being flirty. If you say no, that means no. Yeah, period. Just put that out there. He touched her sexually a few times without her consent. Mm -mm. Her friend Jackie, who was there with them, saw this and was with a guy as well. That guy had given Jackie Kevin's Thrasher sweatshirt. Jackie gave it to Kayla, and Kayla brought it to our house, and we decided we would burn it because Kevin was a jerk. So we burned his jacket, and I posted it on my story, stupid I know, not realizing that I had him on my Snapchat and that he saw it. He then started texting my sister that he was going to come fuck us up. He got our address from my sister's ex-boyfriend, and we told my dad what happened. My dad was law enforcement at the time, so he had to go to work in about two hours. Next thing you know, someone was banging on our door. My God. That's scary. My dad told us to get upstairs and be quiet. We could see the door from the balcony, but from the angle we could peek over and whoever was behind the door could not see us. Sure enough, it's Kevin. He is yelling at my dad that he needs to speak to us and he knows that we're in here and that he is pissed. After my dad had been telling him to get off his property before he calls the police multiple times... 
a friend who drives him there or who drove him there finally came and tells my dad he is sorry that he is acting crazy because we burned a gift he gave us Mm. not what happened but i guess the story got lost in translation yeah he finally gets dragged away and leaves my dad has to go but he had another friend in law enforcement who he said he would have come by and check on the house if we got scared my dad leaves now it's just us girls me Mm -hmm. and my two sisters my friend who was living with us at the time and our friend who we picked up after a few hours we start hearing noises outside so i tell my dad and he said his friend drove by and didn't see anything but we hear more noises and we go hide in my mom's closet her door locks and the closet is behind the bathroom my dad asks if he needs to come by and we tell him yes good on you for telling him yes because i feel like a lot of people would just be like whatever like no we're fine but if you're freaked out like listen to your instincts yeah he was already halfway to la from san bernardino but he started to drive home he finally got home and didn't regret anything because as he pulled up kevin was crossing the street to our house alone Mm -mm. he ran away when he saw the car pull up i can't imagine what would have happened if i if my dad didn't come home We talked to the police who said he was already in the system and we had to get security officers to escort escort us to classes for a week because he went to the same school as us. Oh my gosh. My sister also received screenshots of text messages from a friend of hers who was in one of their group chats about how we were bitches and he was going to fuck us up and that he was going to destroy my car slash my boyfriend's my boyfriend at the time's car. We told the police and they notified him that if anyone's car was destroyed, he would be brought in for suspicion. After a while, it all faded away and he started leaving us alone and even apologized a year later. But that night was one of the scariest nights of my life so far. Kevin, chill the fuck out, dude. It's not that serious. That's so creepy. Like, uh, yeah, that's really, really fucking creepy. Okay, and and you guys are girls. Like, men should not be threatening to fuck up yeah teenage girls that's ridiculous no that's so messed up wow i'm glad that you called your dad like again listen to your instincts trust your gut all right so this next one is from maddie h it says this is more of a supernatural story but a couple years ago a friend and i had a tv show we'd always get together and watch every week this was before We could drive, so it was always a pain in our parents' asses, but you don't mess with tween girls and their obsessions. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was one night in February, and the show, it was the final episode, extremely emotional night, there were tears, had ended. It was around 11.30, so not super late, but still pitch black. The mom loaded both of us in the car. We sat in the back and made her the chauffeur. It was around a 15-minute drive back to my house. We live in an extremely small town. It's technically called a village, so there was no one out. We came up to this stretch of road that goes downhill, cue suspenseful suspenseful music, and, (laughs) and all three of us see a man just walking in the middle of the road. That's that's normal. (laughs) And at first, all three of us were like, what the fuck? And then assumed it was some drunk. But... The mom slowed down, and we all expected him to move to the side relatively quickly. I mean, a literal car is coming at you, but the man could not have moved slower to get out of the way. We eventually slowed down to a crawl. Now here is where it gets really creepy. 
As we get closer, all three of us begin to notice something kind of odd. Keep in mind, it was mid-February and freezing. The man was wearing shorts, suspenders, and an overcoat that made him look like he was from the 1800s. He was also wearing a bow tie and huge rubber boots. But this wasn't even the worst part. His face had, like, fake makeup blood smeared all down it. The car went completely silent, and we all seemed to be in some sort of trance. The car stayed at a snail's pace. The freakiest part came as he was looking directly in the front seat passenger window. He looked in the window, and I shit you not, he looked us directly in the eye and smiled. His eyes were completely dark. His hand started to reach for the door handle, and we finally came back to life. (laughs) Me and my friend both started screaming, and her mom gunned the gas. We later called called the police station, but no one had reported anything. Even years later, the story still gives me the creeps. All three of All three of us think we may have seen a demon. The look in his eyes when he smiled is something I will never get out of my mind. That's so creepy. That is really creepy to see someone walking in the middle of the street. And and the fact that he was in, like, those older clothing. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. Mm -mm. Okay. I have two more stories, um, both from anonymous writers and both having to do with human trafficking. All right. The first one. This story has to do with human trafficking. I live in an area that is like the third highest rate in the country for human trafficking. So I've grown up to be always on alert. But one day, me and my friend were taking pics in this hiking area that I know that is known to not be the greatest area. Well, we had switched outfits a couple times and noticed a guy in a gray pickup truck just kind of sitting and watching us. He was probably around middle aged with a beard. He was alone and it was the middle of the afternoon. We kind of kept a close eye on him and eventually decided it was time to go. As we were parking, as we were packing up, we noticed that he was on the phone with someone and almost immediately, as soon as we pulled out of the parking lot, a white van started following us. Oh, no. At first, Mm -hmm. we were like, well, maybe we're being paranoid. You're Mm -hmm. never being paranoid. Mm -mm. Never. But I live kind of far out in the country and the closer we got to my house, the more suspicious we became. No matter where we turned, the white van was behind us. At that point, we were kind of freaking out, and we decided to just drive past my house so they wouldn't know our address. We couldn't really tell who was in the van, but there was at least one dude. We probably drove around for 30 minutes before we managed to lose them. We eventually made it back with no tail, but it took a long time for my heart to stop stop pounding. Okay. First of all... You did the right thing. Second of all, I cannot tell you how many times a month I drive past my own house because I think someone's following me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. You may as well drive to a police station and just pull in. You don't have to get out of your car and just sit there. And then if they keep watching you, call the police to come outside. Why are they always in a white van? I know, right? Because there's no windows. So they can just... I've also heard that if you think you're being followed, take four right turns because you'll basically make a circle. And if they're still behind you, then it's like, okay, they're following me because who would take four right turns? Right. That makes sense. So, yeah. Wow. That's really creepy. And I'm glad that you did the right thing and like drove past your house and made sure to lose them and that you're safe. Yeah. Okay. The next one says, hello, this is a human trafficking story. This actually happened at Disney World and is kind of on the short side. 
but me and my family had gone to see one of the shows you see at Disney. I think it had zoo animals. But my mom and I were sitting together and my dad and brother were a row in front of us. We had been sitting there for a good five minutes before my mom got up to say something to my dad. While sitting a little little in front of us were two men, all alone, no family or kids. And when my mom got up, one of the men got up and sat extremely close to me. No. Like close enough our thighs were touching. Ew, what? Oh my god. Uh-uh. At this point, I was only 16 and extremely shy. I didn't know Aww. what to do and I continued to just sit there as he continued to inch closer. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there was this woman who was sitting a row above us. Praise the Lord, she was bold enough to say something. She leaned over, <laughs> tapped him on the shoulder and told her someone was sitting there and he couldn't and that he could not have the seat. She continued to pester him until she left, until he left. She then sat in that seat and talked to me until my mom got back and she explained what ha- what happened. I never saw that woman again, but if she had not been bold enough to speak up, I really don't know what would have happened to me. People are so brazen. I, like... I know. I mean, obviously, you're a teenage girl, and he's a grown-ass man. He should not be inching nothing towards you. And it's not like he, like came in last minute and was looking for a seat like he already had a seat he they were sitting ahead of you you know like it's yeah not like, oh i need a seat last minute i'm gonna sit here like he had had a seat not that that would be an excuse to sit that close to somebody but Mm-mm. it it wouldn't even make sense and oh that's so creepy i'm so glad good for that lady and let's just take that as a reminder of if you see something say something don't yep. be afraid to be weird <laughs> be rude whatever it takes to protect yourself or somebody else that you're seeing something potentially happening to yeah because you can apologize later if you were wrongly rude and accusatory but you can't apologize later if someone snatches your ass up yep better to ask for for forgiveness yep okay so this next one says hello girls i didn't put my name just because i want to stay anonymous let me pretend i'm you guys and say I'm just going to jump in. (laughs) (laughs) I think we said that at the beginning of this episode. I think we say that. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to jump right in. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's a good segue. I love it. I still remember my story very clearly. And I was only 10 years old, 15 years ago at my current house. It was a little after midnight going into Halloween. (laughs) My mom, my aunt and I were watching scary movies on the couch till probably 2 a.m. Until eventually all three of us fell asleep on the couch. Growing up, I have always gotten sleep paralysis. Ooh, such a fear of mine. Yeah, that's really scary. I thought I had sleep paralysis the other day, but I think I was dreaming. But I still don't know for sure. That's but so I've never, creepy. I've never had it before that. So I've always gotten sleep paralysis, but I was always able to wake up out of it. And once waking up, I knew it was sleep paralysis and everything was going to be okay. But this night, I knew it was different. In the middle of the night, I woke up and I was in sleep paralysis and I couldn't get out of it. (sighs) Oh my God. I kept trying to move and just couldn't. And within that, I felt someone on top of me. And all I can see is this big black shadow hovering over me. I kept trying to make noises, hoping my mom or aunt would be able to hear me, but they couldn't. Eventually, I got out of my sleep paralysis. I covered my face and started yelling, get away from me, get away from me. My mom comes to and she starts asking me what is going on. And all I can do is continue yelling the same thing. I was shaking. I was so terrified. My aunt turned on the light and my grandparents came out trying to figure out what happened. 
So I explained to them that there was someone in the house and they were looking at me sleep. Of course, my mom and my aunt were freaked out and my grandpa checked the house and wasn't able to find anyone. My mom explained to me that it was just a nightmare and everything was going to be okay. But I knew it was not a dream. I was awake and I saw someone hovering over me. However, there was no one in the house. So I really was questioning what I saw. I didn't sleep well that night. My mom let me miss school just because I was so freaked out that morning. I pretty much napped the entire day with no problems, no sleep paralysis. When I went into the shower later on that day, I noticed I had small scratches throughout my back and on my legs. I told my grandmother, but she insisted that I gave myself those scratches without noticing. As a little girl, I went ahead and believed it, not only because I was young, but also who wants to think that this black shadow that I saw gave them to me. That gave me chills. To this day, I have not had any other experiences like I did that night. I still live in the same house. I still get sleep paralysis, but it has never gotten to to the point of that night. I still think about it, and I really don't know if it was just a nightmare or if it really, if I really did see someone slash something. Sleep paralysis is something that I still have such a hard time understanding, but I'm very happy everything has been good. So now the question to you guys is, was it just really a nightmare, a bad nightmare, or do you think it was something else? I think it was something else. I think it was either a ghost or a figure shadow figure something i mean maybe it could have been like in your half dream state you saw it but i definitely think there was some sort of presence there yeah that's what i think too sleep paralysis is so terrifying though because that it seems like when others like other people i've heard explain their experiences with sleep paralysis there often is a black figure hovering around i've heard that quite a few times maybe not like every time or half the time but enough to have kept note about it yeah so oh, that's, that's really so interesting creepy. i wonder if it's related like the 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 thing that you're seeing the entity that you're seeing is why you're having the sleep paralysis yeah maybe oh i don't, I don't like that that's so creepy no nope, nope, nope. that's really creepy and i'm glad that everything's been good so far yeah wow Wow. Well, thank you guys so much for sending in these stories. Um, yeah. I think we're going to keep doing these because they're really, really fun. Um, yeah, we I love like to read them. Stories. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. As always, again, stay tuned for Monday's episode because we have a big announcement. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Inhuman Podcast. And until Monday, keep, keep it, it human. human. <laughs> Bye.